Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. We sort of knew this was only a matter of time. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Wednesday outlined what he said would justify retaliatory strikes against NATO member countries and anyone else who intervened in Ukraine. In an address to Russian lawmakers, Putin said forces would respond to any country that posed, quote, a strategic threat to Russia and its operations in Ukraine. This follows comments Monday by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov saying that NATO is essentially going to war in Russia through a proxy and arming that proxy. And the announcement two weeks ago that any U.S. or NATO vehicles transporting weapons through Ukrainian territory would be considered by Russia as legitimate military threats. But Putin's comments yesterday are particularly troubling. Here's what he said, quote, I would also like to note something I spoke about at the beginning of the special military operation. Let me emphasize once again, if anyone intends to intervene from the outside and create a strategic threat to Russia that is unacceptable to us, they should know that our retaliatory strikes will be lightning fast. Now, that could be a veiled threat about hypersonics because he did talk about using new weapons that no one had ever seen in operation before. It could be a reference to a recently tested intercontinental ballistic missile delivery system that is potentially capable of delivering a nuclear weapon anywhere in the world. Or it could just be that Putin's got a flair for the hilariously extravagant expression. Man, you come right out of a comic book. I mean, what's the point of having a bare-chested, horseback-riding strongman president if he doesn't occasionally say something ridiculous and villainous? And now to the world of European football. You'd call it soccer. Where legendary agent Mino Raiola was declared dead by some tabloids this week and then later tweeted that he was still alive. Bring out your dead as I'm not dead. The 54-year-old Italian who represents a huge stable of stars, including French midfielder Paul Pogba, said news of his death had been greatly exaggerated on April 28th. He tweeted, current health status for the ones wondering, pissed off. Second time in four months they kill me. Seem also able to resuscitate. <laughs> that post was widely liked and shared. Nevertheless, there's a serious health issue here. He is still hospitalized in Milan, recovering from we're not quite sure exactly what. So how did this all go wrong in the first place? Well, an Italian news channel broke the fake news. In fact, they were mistaken, you know, unintentionally, obviously. But as soon as a legitimate news organization reported it, everybody else picked it up and shared it widely. Because generally speaking, news organizations trust that other news organizations are not going to do what they did, which is to repeat unverified information. When the original reports of his demise turned up, even prestigious football club Real Madrid tweeted their condolences to Raiola's family before quickly deleting their message when they learned that he was still very much alive. Just to give you a sense of his prominence within the sport, Raiola is ranked fourth on the Forbes list of sports agents with an estimated wealth of about $85 million as of two years ago. He also represents, besides Pogba, Romelu Lukaku, Mario Balotelli, Marco Verratti, and Henrik Mkhitaryan. Forgive me if I got any of that wrong. I'm a baseball fan. Turning now to space, this weekend there's going to be a solar eclipse. Well, a partial solar eclipse. That means the moon will pass in front of the sun to a degree that it blocks out at least some of the sun's light. Will it be visible here in North America? No. South America and uh, Antarctica, if you happen to be there. Saturday, April 30th, just before sunset. 
Now, even though you can't probably see this in person, you will be able to watch it online. At least there's a couple of different sites that claim they're going to be live streaming the event. For those of you wondering, you might also be aware that this is a new moon. Of course, it always has to be a new moon, meaning that the shaded or the dark side of the moon is facing towards us if there's going to be a solar eclipse, since the sunlight is what creates the visible parts of the moon, you follow? But it is a little bit different this time because it's what some people call a black moon, the old farmer's almanac, a term that refers to the second new moon in a given calendar month. The first new moon of this month was on April 1st. Here's what's kind of weird. The term black moon isn't necessarily for the second new moon of the month. It can also be, it can also refer to when there are no new moons in a month. It can refer to every new moon since they're always dark or black. Uh, Or it can be the third new moon when there are four in a season. So the term's a little bit fuzzy. But given that solar eclipses, even partial ones are fairly rare, and that a black moon is only going to come around every two or three years, it's kind of interesting. Now, for those who aren't going to be watching it online, but who will try to view it from Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, Bolivia, you get the point. Don't look at it directly. It's always tempting to look at a solar eclipse directly with your eyes, but but your eyes are every bit as susceptible to being damaged by the sun, even when it is partially or even completely obscured by the moon. You have to have special glasses to look at it. Your ordinary Ray-Bans are not going to cut the mustard. And finally, in sinkhole news... <laughs> Yeah, it's got a special file. We turn to Toco Hills, Georgia, where residents say that they have a monster sinkhole that has been gradually growing since December in the front of their property and is now spreading across the street and to neighboring properties. The exact size and depth of it is difficult to tell. I'm saying visually about the size of two cars on either side of a driveway. Yeah, that's right. In order to get to these folks' house, I mean, you can't do it now, but you basically pass between the Scylla and Charybdis of two halves of a sinkhole that straddle across their driveway. When they originally reported this problem back in December, it was much smaller, and they called the county. The county came out and filled in a little bit, but then it kept growing, and it swallowed the mailbox. So the county came out again, and they sent a backhoe, and it swallowed the backhoe. And by the way, I don't mean a bobcat. I mean a full-blown backhoe got swallowed into the sinkhole. So it was a little bit larger than they anticipated. Now, sinkholes typically are caused from erosion, either from water that goes down and dissolves like limestone down beneath and creates a hole, or just water that over time flowing like from a broken pipe, which is what they think happened here, just flows enough that it compacts the dirt around and pushes it out of the way, and then things fall in. In this case, as I said, it is across both sides of the driveway. It has started to reach its tentacles underneath the road. You can see a portion of the sinkhole on the other side of the pavement from the house, which makes you a little concerned about driving on that particular road. But not to fear. The county says they've got it. They can take care of it. It will only cost them $166,000. And they got to, of course, replace the pipe. Given the pandemic, the county is saying that there's been a little bit of supply chain issue getting the resources necessary to fill it. And in the meantime, they have put concrete barriers around it so no people or animals can accidentally fall in. Take a cue from the backhoe here. And they feel confident that they can fix the sinkhole before it starts to threaten the homes. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek. If you haven't already, hit the five-star review before you go, please. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.